Well, welcome back everyone to the Rest Podcast and this is episode three. And today's quote is, the mysteries of God are unsearchable. Word pictures are the bridge to understanding them. So Virginia, can you introduce us to today's topic? <laughs> I'd love to. I keep thinking, I keep saying this is one of my favorite things to talk about, but every part of rest really is because we've seen the transformational consequence of understanding the depth and breadth of the things we discuss. So I would love to. Today, we're going to talk about the meaning of pictures, how unreconciled memories of trauma or pain can lead to emotional and physical illness and how we can begin to reconcile and heal these painful memories to find rest is of utmost importance, primarily because, and we've mentioned it before, but six weeks after conception, the brain begins to record memory. So often when we say, I can't remember anything, or I don't remember any of my childhood, that actually is not true. You just can't access. So our problem is not memory, it's generally recall. So understanding the stories behind the pictures of our lives becomes very important because it helps us, again, access and reconcile confusion, chaos, and dis-ease from our past and sometimes from even past traumatic experiences of our ancestors that are passed on generationally. Mm. So yes, I look forward to speaking about all this with you today. Years ago, my oldest daughter called me in the middle of the day. She was on her way to work and she was in tears. So of course, what's wrong? What happened, right? I was concerned and she couldn't speak. So then I became a little bit fearful as expected. And she managed to pull over, catch her breath, and say, and tell me that she saw a bike just like Granny Paget had tied to a tree. And it flooded her mind and her heart and her thoughts with memories. And she wept. She couldn't even drive. And Granny Paget was not an ordinary grandma. She was an exceptional human being, and she radiated everything that was good and true and beautiful about humanity, about God, about life. And she was a woman whose life had been riddled with so much pain. She grew up in the South, in the Panhandle, and she grew up on really a dirt floor with tin cans tin roofs, sheets of tin, I should say, for a roof, and whatever materials they had to create a frame for the house. So she was a woman of humble means, but the seeds that she deposited in the hearts of our kids, and in that of my husband, and in my life as well, is almost, it's indescribable. And Here's my 30-year-old daughter heading to work, and she couldn't contain the memory, the beauty, and the joy, and the pain 
of having lost her, mm-hmm. but she couldn't contain it in the memory of her. And that's a perfect example how an image triggered a stream of thought that spans mm-hmm. generations. Then, the bicycle. Yeah. Granny Paget took them on afternoon noon strolls in that bike. Mm. It was a three-wheel bike oh. with a basket in the back, and she sat our kids in that basket and would take them around the neighborhood and they'd get ice cream from the local truck and they should take them to the park and it was some of the happiest memories of her entire life so the sight of that bike alone flooded her heart with a million conflicting feelings Mm -hmm. and she just had to pause and call me and just pour out her heart it was a beautiful thing. But it's an example of the meaning of pictures. Mm-hmm. The most seemingly insignificant things can make every, your world stop. Yeah, and let's dive into that now because initially that phrase, the meaning of pictures, might be unfamiliar. Can you explain to us what you mean when you say these pictures? What right. are they? When she saw an image, for example, a picture an image, I'll, I'll use it interchangeably right now, but that image, right triggered a topic and the topic was value significance integrity faith worth pain all these different things right and it stimulated a cascade of associations to her current state where my daughter found herself currently and something inside just hurt so those three words are important right there's this sense this topic if you will this idea that this person that that bike represented which is amazing time with this human that almost didn't seem human she was bigger than life right Mm -hmm. so it was a topic that that bike brought to mind which in this case was her grandmother and that image set forth a cascade of emotions that simultaneously culminated into these different associations. So when you say the meaning of pictures, what you're meaning is the images we see, either in a picture form or in real life, and then also the memories that they can invoke. Mm -hmm. And yes, and neurologically, memory experts tell us that memory is contained, believe it or not, in images, not words, mm. which is really interesting. And when you think about what's happening even in the life in utero of a little developing baby, there's this beautiful neuro network being established. It looks like a pea with a little bubble at the end, right? That's the brain. It's a brainstem. So when you think about what's happening in the structure of that little baby's brain, it's this beautiful tapestry, this neural network connections of all the constitution of that life. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Not to mention with, you know, of course, the constitution of the entire body, but when you think about specifically the brain and that, that early on, that we begin to record memory. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So now in the context of rest, how are these pictures and memories important? Well, for example, when a person experiences a traumatic event, it's difficult for them to step into a place of rest, relational, emotional, spiritual truth, where they can examine 
their heart relationships, these reconcile these traumas, right? And in the context of their story, their purpose, their significance, these are complicated things. So these pictures become important because we have ideas in trauma, we have to step into those places. And we know today we have to help facilitate the flushing out or the reconciling of those traumas. A story comes to mind of a patient that I was working with at some time. She had liver cancer, 67 years old. During the course of her life, she'd had an incredibly traumatic childhood. And her father was an alcoholic and would frequently beat her mom and rape her. And this particular time, for whatever reason, she'd been disciplined and sent to bed. And she got locked into her sister's room. And her little sister went into her room to sleep. And when she heard the disaster that was happening outside of her bedroom door, she began to have, obviously, feel a great deal of anxiety because she thought she was locked in her sister's room and she knew what would follow. She could taste it, she could feel it, she could tell you exactly what would follow. And that is, dad was going to come down the hall and go into his, her bedroom and have his way with her. But guess what? She wasn't in her bedroom, her sister was. And so she remembered in her panic to go through the connecting bathroom door. So she had to rip her little sister out of her bed, shove her in the other room, and go in there. And she began to pray. And the picture was so vivid in her mind. But while she's recalling the series of events that transpired on that day, her body began to manifest the trauma that mm. she'd experienced. So she was remembering, she was experiencing, right? But I helped her synthesize what had happened. And she broke down how it was the first time that she remembered specifically crying out to God and asking her, hey, Jesus, if you're there, please help. I can't take this anymore. Please help us. And her dad passed out and never came in the room. Oh, wow. And so she began to to, we began to reframe the trauma of all those experiences because from that day on, he never molested her again. Wow. It was transformational. Mm. And the bitterness and the anger that, and the trauma that were stored in her body all of these years began to slowly, slowly dissipate. And it just began mm. to change. Mm -hmm. So her view began to change. And she'd never associated, because she was in a state of trauma and shock, the answer to prayer with that traumatic incident. And instead, she was holding on with, to so much bitterness because their life was riddled with so much abuse. Mm -hmm. But realized from that point on, it was the beginning of an end. Mm -hmm. And we, we jumped forward just a little bit, but I do think it's important for the audience to hear how these memories can keep us from finding rest. So in the example of this patient you're talking about right now, you said she had come in with liver cancer, which could very well have been Anger, as you a know, physical Anger, manifestation yeah. of all mm -hmm. of that unresolved and repressed mm -hmm. trauma and emotions. Mm -hmm. Yes, and we're going to do 
we're going to have additional conversations about specific states of disease and their emotional constitution. We'll get into that later. But it was really remarkable to see the healing that began to transpire as she began to reframe what the rest of her life began to look like from that point on mm. because something drastically changed in terms of the cycles of abuse that had transpired in her home. And that was significant in her healing. Mm -hmm. But she lived with that same story. I just had to peel back the layers. And again, I used many resources to do that. Mm -hmm. I, we've spoken about them before. I'm not going to discuss them right now again. But it's a beautiful thing when we can perhaps broaden the prism to recall things beyond just the trauma of the moment to include things that really fell into place in beautiful ways. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the story doesn't go that way, but the result can still be a resolution of conflict. Mm -hmm. But we'll get into that in further mm -hmm. future episodes. So why is it important for people to bring up these difficult or painful memories? Because the body keeps the score. Because the trauma from experiences, the memories from experiences, believe it or not, they're not just in the constitution of the narratives and the stories you tell yourself, but they're also in your central nervous system and in your body. And again, this is a theme that'll always be reoccurring when we talk about rest. When people think about rest, right, conventionally, you think, oh, vacation, oh, a season of doing nothing. Oh, I'm sick. I need to rest. I just need to do nothing for a little bit. But that's not, in fact, what's happening in your body. Your body is repairing when you go into a state of rest. So rest is not a place of inactivity, right? When I talk about stories like I just talked to you about, what, I'm really, what I really walked her through and did with her practically is not much unlike what the central nervous system and what the brain is trying to do, which is reconcile mm -hmm. the conflict. So all of those things have to happen simultaneously mm -hmm. or within a reasonable period of time. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I think she, again, you know, leading into the next question of what can happen if we don't bring these up if we don't process or if we don't reconcile these memories, your patient could be a really great example of yeah. that. Compound, compounding distortions. And a lot of the unresolved conflicts from our past we bring into current relationships. That's what can happen. And we don't live or deal with reality. And we often can unjustly impose unreconciled conflicts from our families of origin onto a spouse that really loves you and is committed and faithful. But if you don't reconcile the issues that are unresolved from past, from your past, you'll bring that into your present. Mm -hmm. So now here's a really interesting question. Can we only reconcile memories that we can remember? No because the body has full memory of everything. I've been stunned in the course of the last six years, the things that the body will reveal that the person consciously has no knowledge of. Mm -hmm. 
But when I do these scans, the body is informing me of exactly what it's holding on to. And if I can help that person trust their bodies, and generally that's very difficult because there's a disconnect Mm -hmm. between the spirit, the soul, and the body. But when we can build rapport, I find that when I reveal, when I tell them, when I communicate to them what I'm picking up and what their body's revealing through a a specific narrative that, by the way, is coming out of my program, right? More often than not, they're stunned that I just told them things they couldn't even bear thinking about. But their body is trying to communicate. Mm -hmm. Because the body is always trying to heal, right? The body is always trying to resolve these conflicts. And the body is always trying to stay alive. So you really have this amazing mechanism that by design, its nature and its entire constitution is to sustain your life if you don't resist it Mm -hmm. because of what? Pride. Sometimes, sometimes fear, sometimes the mind, the heart, bitter hearts, hardened hearts, right? Mm -hmm. That won't release the root of bitterness, forgiveness, Mm -hmm. that won't, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think you're saying by any means that this is an easy thing to do. So where do you begin with your patients? Where can an individual begin to begin to reconcile these negative memories and pictures? Patients have said something recently that was really surprising to me and clients because I began to ask them at the end of our pilgrimage together. And I tried to. Rest has been very effective. People aren't with me for years, right, unless I'm dealing with complex marriage systems and things like that. But by and large, we get to it pretty quick. And you know you and I have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Something lately that helps me answer that question in a way that I otherwise would not have, okay? And that may be too complicated to discuss right now. But one of the things that is imperative is for people to access their convictions about what's true and not about God is or God isn't. I say that always. Because when we can go naked before God and put the, pull that veil down, it's transformational. When we can be honest with ourselves and begin to discover God, something transformational happens in that. That's number one. Number two, they have to have the courage to examine the foundations that shape their life. It isn't just all of their mistakes and all the things they regret, but the constitution of what in fact that family dynamic looked like. And they need to have conversation with their parents about that and not just the opinions they have about what living in that home was like. Because you see things through the eyes of a child, right, and the eyes of an adult. But your parents have a whole different perspective on everything that was happening. And time does not permit you to be equals. So although you have a perspective of what you think happened in the home, it would serve you well, and it serves me well, it serves us well, to, to consult our parents. Wow, Dad, Mom, you know, growing up, what were your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your passions? How did you do life? What did you think about parenting? What did you, just ask them things that you wonder about mm-hmm. is significant 
in that pilgrimage, I think. And then truth. Truth requires a measure of virtue because you have to be willing to face the health of your own morality and values. And that's tough. So, and that's a big conversation, but that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. And again, during our rest events, we really unpack these things. Mm-hmm. So do you have this week for us an action item? I do. Let's see. Action item for this week. Sit down with mom or dad or grandparents and revisit the good, the bad, the ugly that you remember about life at home and check your perception with theirs Mm. and listen Listen with your heart, hear them clearly with your ears and your senses, right? Mm -hmm. And then ask follow-up questions. And don't defend, don't explain, just make it all about them and follow it up with a few other questions. And take notes, write things down, and then pause and thank them. And perhaps say, is there anything you'd like to ask me? I think you're going to be met with a lot of tears. Mm and a lot of shame and a lot of regret because parenting and marriage and and commitment and result all those things are some of the hardest things we do in a lifetime and it's not for the faint of heart and i think your view of yourself and your parents and reality might change if you can put your own pain and expectations aside so that's one thing i would say and could i add one other thing please before you do all of it think about veils that may be remaining over your own heart and over your own perceptions and over your own conscience and go after them, go after conflicts and just lies you've been telling yourself about yourself because you can't bear the truth of what you think, did, planned, whatever, and go after them like splinters in your soul and just pluck them out pluck them out and you'll experience measures of freedom beyond what you can ever imagine oh that's such a beautiful place to end well thank you virginia thank you the listeners for tuning in and we will join you all again in the next episode of the rest podcast Mm -hmm.